Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, August 19th, 2019, and today we are continuing our study on the book of Acts, and we will be joined by Tim Christ, our manager of church partnerships, as he leads us through Acts chapter 28, 1 through 16. Hey, welcome to Acts chapter 28 Bible study today. We're in Acts 28 verses 1 through 16. Um, be three things that I, I think we're going to see from this passage, three three themes that jump out, um, hospitality, brotherhood, fellowship, and perseverance. So um, just to set this stage here, set the context up, this is the shipwreck. It's, it's already happened. We see it back at the end of chapter 27, and um, 276 people on the ship, and they are told to jump overboard. Uh, and if you can swim, you better swim. And if you need to, grab a piece of the ship, a plank or a piece of the ship, and float safely to land. So uh, here we are, Acts 28, verse 1, and it says that uh, we were brought safely through uh, and then we learned that the island was called Malta. So here they are, all all of them, not a hair on their head uh, would perish. We learned in Acts 27, uh, verse 34, but, but now all of them are brought through. They're all delivered safely ashore onto this land that, that we learned that the people on the boat, the, the, the professionals, didn't even know what this land was. They didn't recognize it in, in verse 39. They, they didn't know where they were, but they saw there was a beach and there was an opportunity there to run the ship ashore during um, during all that was going on. Uh, so they do. Here they are. They learn that the island is called Malta. Uh, they learn this from the natives. Verse 2, They the native people there they showed unusual kindness and kindled a fire. So here they are. They're um, the, the native people receiving all of these 276 people with genuine, open, warm, welcoming hospitality. So Paul sees this hospitality come from an unexpected place. He says that they showed him unusual kindness. Um, for they kindled a fire, welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. Um, so many things here uh, come to mind. One is you see someone in need and we're told to what, meet that need, right? So here was rain and cold. They were, there was a need. These folks were, um, were, were, were wet and cold and getting colder uh, as the time went on. So the locals said, hey, let's come on over here. Let's make a fire. Let's warm you up. Let's dry you off. Um, this hospitality we would see is um, hoping that someone would do that, yet so many times uh, we see something similar yet fail to act, fail to obey, fail to show this hospitality that we as the followers of Christ are actually called to do. Right? It's it's the words of Jesus that where when you saw someone hungry and gave them food, when you saw someone thirsty and gave them water. When you saw someone in need, you helped them out. You did this to me. And that the, the interesting thing here going on is we don't, we don't even know that these Maltese people 
uh, were believers in Jesus, we just see that they had a culture of hospitality. Uh, they have a culture of hospitality. We're called to hospitality. And so many times we fail to do that. So then not only that, but but the crew here is shown hospitality by the island chief, Publius, um, verse 7. In the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. Three days he entertained them hospitably. The um, the, the the next uh, next verse here says that it happened that, that Publius's dad was sick with fever and dysentery, and this is something that we see kind of a common trait of what's called um, Maltese fever. And so after Paul had visited him and prayed and put his hands on him, he says he healed him. The Lord healed him through. Paul, and when that had taken place, the rest of the people of the island who had diseases also came, and they were cured. So we see God doing an incredible, incredible work here amongst the Maltese people, uh, and we we're thankful for that. We praise Him for that, um, and they honored, they honored uh, Paul and Luke and crew greatly. It says in verse ten, when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. So this hospitality is extended not just to where they were in the moment, but it was extended to them for their futures. Passengers on ancient ships often had to provide their own meals of some sort. And so the gift of food by the inhabitants of Malta filled many roles. Uh, and the provision was a huge need after this shipwreck. And they, they lost what they had. Uh, and this provision probably kept the crew members and all all 276 of them alive and healthy uh, along the way to where they were headed. Um, and I think this shows us that hospitality really knows no boundaries. It knows no bounds. And only man, we are the ones who know boundaries. And we're the ones that put up walls around hospitality and what we will do, won't do, who we will be hospitable to and who we will not um, it's it's us who decide at times like who who we will show mercy to who we will decide is not worthy of mercy from us. Um, so uh, it is it it's us. It's on it's on all of us to extend hospitality. It's on all of us to to obey this call to treat people uh, as as we would want to be treated. It's it's on us to treat people. Uh, as image bearers of the one true God, this hospitality that we are called to. We're to show um, love and patience. We're to extend grace and mercy. We're to exude joy and peace. And we never know, never know what our hospitality might be used by God um, for uh, for speaking into someone about the gospel. And so this, looking at this, uh, leads us into the next point is that our fellowship or our brotherhood should speak to our Jesus. It should speak to our Christ. Verse 16 says, when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. And that may not seem like a lot until we look at this and put all of that in context from 11 to 16. But that summation tells us that the, that the fellowship that Paul was surrounded by was huge. And it spoke volumes 
to the guards. It spoke volumes to those that were over his imprisonment. So we see um, churches and church members coming from verse 15, from as far as the forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. That That is a journey of about 40 plus miles that these folks would come to greet Paul. So between his conduct uh, through the shipwreck being, remaining steady, even in his conduct in, in getting bitten by a snake back in the beginning of chapter 28 and verse 3, he gathered a bundle of sticks, put them on the fire, and a viper came out and fastened onto his hand. Um, he, he shook that viper off. That conduct and the conduct and his, his steadiness and his love of Jesus just coming out of him at all times no doubt played a role in this, but it was also the fellowship. It was the people that were surrounding him and and lifting him up and providing meals for him and and being there for encouragement. They, they come on this journey, and it likely took them uh, a full day or more to get where they were going from from their place, from the form of Appius and Three Taverns, to where they would meet Paul and crew uh, was a huge undertaking for them to get there. So um, we see this fellowship and we see this brotherhood speaking to what it is to be the church, what it is to be brothers and sisters in Christ. And it says that on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Question in that today is, who is your presence giving courage to? Who's my presence giving courage to? Who can we surround with love and encouragement and and allow someone to thank God that we're there. Allow someone to thank God that we're with them. And, and we're not doing this in a boastful sense, in a, in a self-centered sense for our spot, us to get the spotlight. We do this for the love of Christ to come out of us so that others would see that, first of all, we value them and, and for them to know that the Lord values them and that they thank God that God has surrounded them with people who want to lift them up and encourage them. So we, um, we see uh, the hospitality that's being shown. We see the fellowship and the brotherhood speaking of, uh, of Christ to those that are surrounding them and exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit we see in Galatians 6. But the last thing we see is that Paul's perseverance. Paul's perseverance, his resiliency is on full display. Look at this. By the time we get to where we are, Paul has been stoned. He's been beaten. He's been imprisoned for several years. He's been shipwrecked, etc. And now he's bitten by a snake on a strange island. The locals actually left him for dead for a moment. Um... And the guards uh, did the same. We're still waiting uh, to, while they're all still waiting to go to Rome. At some point in there, I, I honestly think that it, I would may have uh, just thrown up my hands and begged for the end to come. Uh, so much going on here that Paul has faced. So much persecution, so much trial, so many obstacles in the way. But he knows and he has faith that what he was told by the Lord was that he was going to get to Rome. He would get there. And in verse 14, it says, and so we came to Rome. Paul has made it. 
His letter to the church was written three years ago now at this point. Um, and, but we know uh, through that letter that he knew people there and he was ready to see them. He was ready to pour into them, ready to speak the gospel into the church at Rome and the surrounding area. So this is, uh, this is Paul's moment in, in perseverance and in sticking with it and knowing that though, though these obstacles, though these trials may come, that the Lord has a mighty purpose and the Lord will fulfill all of his promises to us. It was a promise given to him. So remember this. Remember that though roadblocks may come our way, we are charged to stay the course. Though threats might be hurled toward us, we are called to maintain the mission and to maintain gospel integrity. Why? Because Jesus is worth it. The souls of those without Christ, the lost, are worth it. And in what we do as as Lifeline, our birth parents, our adoptive families, the kids that we're able to minister to, they are all worth it. They're all worth maintaining the course, having perseverance, exhibiting fellowship and brotherhood, and extending hospitality as much as possible. Well, thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week, we were praying for the country of Hong Kong. Pray that the gospel would continue to spread in Hong Kong and that all local believers will manifest the gospel to vulnerable children and families. Pray that believers would trust in the sovereignty of the Lord. Pray for more local families to be open to significant medical special needs and to adopt the waiting children. Pray that God would provide loving, stable caregivers for children while they wait. Pray that the social welfare department would improve and streamline their process to avoid children waiting much longer than needed. Pray for the continued favor with the Hong Kong Social Welfare Department. Pray that their leadership would be convicted to be uncompromising to Christian values. And pray for the encouragement and stamina of all the staff. And praise for the many mission-minded families who are in the Hong Kong program who are wanting to, uh, waiting with hope despite unusually long time frames. Pray for the excellence with which Mother's Choice, our partner, serves the children in their care. And praise the Lord for Hong Kong's unique relationship with China and the opportunity for the gospel to flourish in that region. But at the same time, let's be praying for the conflict that is going on even now in Hong Kong and and that believers would be strengthened, that, that the country would stay free and that this administrative district would, would do what is right uh, for the sake of the freedom of their people. Let's pray. Father, we do pray for the conflict that is currently going on in Hong Kong. We ask that you would intervene in ways that you would get glory, that you would get honor, and that you would get praise. Lord, we thank you so much for the way that you care for your children, and we pray that you would uh, just wash over those believers, those precious brothers and sisters who are living in Hong Kong. We ask that the gospel would continue to spread and that these local believers would would begin to uh, start to get involved with orphan care, start to get involved with adoption and the waiting children that are there in Hong Kong. We ask that the church would continue to uh, find ways to take the gospel onto the mainland. Lord, we pray for Lifeline's continued favor with the Hong Kong Social Welfare Department, as well as with Mother's Choice, our partners. We just pray for Mother's Choice that you would provide for them, that you would, uh, Lord, just lead them and guide them. And Father, we just ask that you would uh, help them as they help the children of Hong Kong. And Lord, we just ask for 
more mission-minded families who would enter into this program. And Lord, we just ask that you'd give grace and patience to these families as they wait through this program to be matched with a child in need from Hong Kong. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in your precious name, the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.